0: Hōtaka kaupapa Māori Te ahika.
1: We go to the festival as an indigenous space and we represent all together and we support everyone going to that festival, you know, because it's a foreign environment and it's it's quite foreign to a lot of these artists. And um, and it also
2: I think sends a message about authenticity. Everything um, is interconnected um, language, um, native foods, knowing your plants, your plant medicine, um, even um, trying to reclaim some of the land that we, you know, have lost during that, you know, colonization. So it, it's really all interwoven.
0: When you're doing or you've got to be able to have energy to give to your client. You don't want to get a 50% because I used to. Um, Going to the mukul room, covered in wood chips, trying to battle both. <laughs> there's demand where I am. There's not many of us, so there's there's demand for all those jobs, and we don't want those carving jobs going into other areas because that we're losing our money as moneyputo by having to have other people do that.
3: Faredua Marae is situated right next to Tauranga Harbour. It's here that Nauri or hosted a one-week Moko, tatau, I'm here to talk with some of the Indigenous artists who share their stories about colonisation and the revival of their traditional art forms. ngā e tātou katoa. That's coming up in this edition of Tiahika. Tamoko artist Julie Palmer Pengali Nornaitirangi owns art and body, a tattoo business downtown Mount Monganui. She's travelled extensively as an artist and as part of Tatsuhi Mare Kura Trust. Part of their work is to disrupt mainstream practices that misrepresent or are misinformed about what Tamuku is.
1: Uh, this particular wānanga um, has grown out of um, increased interaction that we've had with um, indigenous uh, Tato tattoo artists um, involved in their revivals in their own continents, in their own countries. And we started with a wahini Kopapa with a gathering that shared knowledge with um, Filipino and Tahitian artists. And from that, um, a number of Kopapa eventuated out of that as a delegations of Māori um, going to Tahiti, exploring our um, our whakapapa connections and our origins um, from Hawaii and all through Polynesia. So um, from those gatherings, um, we've had this trust committed to um, exploring the development of mā tātua, uh, ngā toia tātua, through our connections with the wider Moana Nui Akiwa and um, all the indigenous people that have Faka to their Fenua, um, because what, what we see is that you know our knowledge can be very contained and very circular, um, and when we explore our whole Faka origins, you know pre pre colonisation, pre westernisation, way back my mai, mai rano, we see that you know we have very tight um, relationships with indigenous people right throughout the world. So, you know, anything from from the language to our cultural customs, to raranga, um, but for this particular gathering, um, because marking the body is such a significant identifier and a real way of claiming your mana back, um, we've very much focused on tattoo, and of course because there's a holistic way that we live our world, we... Am, encapsulate all of Ngā And for all the indigenous people that, you know, come, they want, they look to Aotearoa because our revival has been, you know, going um, for quite a long time now and we're quite powerful in the way we articulate and and enact our culture. We seem powerful to them um, but for us, you know, there's so much power in what's happening with indigenous people worldwide. So this gathering Um, it's timed around the tattoo Festival, but the Indigenous Gathering Taatea is actually about Indigenous people having a safe space to explore all the issues around their um, traditional practices of tattoo, all their issues of revival, their cultural issues, and to gain some sort of solidarity for ourselves, because we're aware that always it's external pressure on our culture, and here we can encapsulate everything within our own um, sort of power, you know, and feel comfortable sharing really painful stories and and celebratory. So we have artists here representing Greenland, Inuit, Mi'kmaq, which is in British Columbia, um, artists from um, Ontario, Indigenous artists, Indigenous California, we have Tahitian, Samoan, Fijian, uh, Tongan, of Maori, of course, <laughs> and I don't want to leave anyone out. Haida Indian, Seattle, um, you know, it's it's huge. The revival of um, taking the power back of our bodies is actually really huge, and so that's what we're embracing here.
3: The the impact of colonisation, um, obviously, there's some familiar histories and narratives, as you as you mentioned before. Have those
1: stories come to to light um, during this space. Yes, absolutely. One of the um, one of the things, the most compelling things that I hear is the way that um, we've been written about. You know that literature is, has been written by the colonizer, and that we have to search really hard to find true meaning in our in our culture, because you know mostly missionaries and and people that came, they were very patriarchal. And so a lot of the world indigenous practices are matriarchal. They're woman-on-woman practices. And so particularly for women, missionaries and that didn't have the access to what they were wearing on their bodies um, and to their knowledge. And so just challenging what we see and probing for the real knowledge, and that's been really powerful because... Um, a lot of the women feel spurred and, you know, kind of a lot stronger to hear that. And also the other thing, I suppose, is the development phases that it goes through from that phase of, you know, being angry maybe and really closed and and trying to delve the real knowledge and who receives it to when it becomes more healthy, what is the next stage, what are some of the issues that um, arise and and right through to... um, the mainstream world using our culture, dialing us up when they need us and um, and abusing and copying and saying that they have it, you know, that they have the right when what they don't understand is that it comes from our blood and it comes from our relationship with our whenua and our atua and it's the same for all indigenous people and so there is no real negotiation as to who gives this it, it is to come from the Indigenous people, you know, Mm -hmm. and just how to best tackle those sort of issues and live your, you know, live a a good life on that, Um, respecting your culture and respecting all people, um, but promoting that it belongs to us.
3: How does this work that you're doing and, of course, these other Indigenous artists then permeate into their communities, and it doesn't become something that's a group doing this work. How how oh, does yeah. how does this
1: reach the the masses of of Maori of of Inuit people? Well, I think um, that's actually a good question because I think there was really for Maori at the beginning of Mokul development, there was a really strong movement to educate our communities, go around our communities, and revive it. And so a lot of um, the artists here are in that phase. And there's various, they're all very proactive. That's why they are interested in coming to this sort of Wananga. So, um, Dion, for example, runs Earthline School to revive the traditions of Canadian and Inuit. And a lot of the artists that are here go and contribute to that school. So, it's having a wider um, network to contribute to their vision as well, so they're all really proactive in their communities and I guess this gives them um, a greater richness obviously especially to traditional techniques um, because there's a lot of hand tapping, hand poking, hand stitching which is very um, you know, North American, Canadian and yeah, so they're all feeding into their own revivals and the other thing is that we've grown in, in, in the last few years since we've been doing this we've been moving around to other Indigenous spaces and, yes. and collaborating together. So we'll, we'll go to other gatherings and there'll be more Indigenous people there helping those communities um, see as well and supporting them to um, feel good about their skin tradition. More
3: from Julie Palmer-Pengali coming up in the show. Indigenous artist Heidi Lucero is an anthropologist, a tribal archaeologist, and is part of the revitalisation of California Indian face tattooing. As an artist, she sees her role as part of a wider cause to bring back their customs. But Heidi agrees that just like Māori culture, everything, like the environment and the stories, are all interconnected. Kia ora, morning. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. Now, we, this Marai, Faridua, is located on the direct runway line of the Tauranga Domestic Airport. So through this interview, you may hear the
2: early morning flights. Good morning. Um, if you could please introduce yourself, who you are. yam, notung Heidi Lucero, yaka, pimutsun aloni. My name is Heidi Lucero, and I am Mutsun aloni and ahashaman from California my tribe i have belonged to two tribes in california one is in southern california in the area surrounding disneyland all the way to the beach from the beach to the mountain and i belong to another tribe that is inland in monterey bay area more in central california the central coast Obviously, this is a a, a wānanga that looks at. Well, actually, there's quite a lot of disciplines
3: here, from carving to tattoo to um, various techniques. Tell me about your your tribe's um, tikanga or your own philosophies or
2: rituals. Um, we are in the process of reviving our tattoo rituals. We um, they've been lost from colonization. For probably uh, close to 200 years. And so we're in the process of reviving our tattoo traditions. Um, Traditionally, in Southern California, we did stick and poke or hand poking style. And we would use um, the cactus needle, um, the cactus spine, or um, a fishbone to tattoo. So um, that's what we did. And in Northern California, they also did stick and poke style, but they also used, um, an obsidian blade to cut the skin and rub the pigment in.
3: Wow. So, um, we will take some photos, um, of you Heidi, for the website, but, uh, could you explain your, your, your facial markings and what uh, they mean?
2: The facial markings, um, the ones on my chin, um, a young woman would get during her, um, coming of age ceremony and there would be a long ceremony where you would fast and, um, be isolated and then either during that ceremony or shortly after um, you would get your tattoo markings well, and coming of ages was sixteen twenty one. Uh, when you first got your first menses your first period yeah and is that a practice that is also coming back or is it has that, that that's... The practice is changing I think that young women um, in this modern era are not ready to have those markings at that time. Um, So more women are getting them after they um, have accomplished, um, you know, graduation from college or, um, you know, they have their first children and even some of our elders are starting to get them because, you know, they see us young women getting them and they, you know, they their whole generation missed out on getting them. So Mm. they want to have them as well. So we have a lot of elders getting them as well. As a, as, a, as, a, as a mark of rec- reclaiming? Yes, yeah, definitely a reclamation of identity. We have our language, our kapahaka, our, our
3: carving. As I mentioned, we're sitting beside this um, this particular house at Whare Roa Ru Are there other aspects of your culture that come into play?
2: Um, oh, definitely. If, mm. I think that everything um, is interconnected. Um, language, um, native foods, knowing your plants, your plant medicine, um, even... Um, trying to reclaim some of the land that we you know lost during that you know colonization so it's really all interwoven and definitely um california has 109 federally recognized tribes and 78 tribes that are seeking federal recognition so just in one state (laughs) and so we are um all in the some step you know some part of the process of language reclamation so um we do have some tribes that um are considered gaming tribes where they have a casino and so those tribes are um, using that money that they're making from casino um, dividends to um, fund language programs. Um, You know it's a great time you know for uh, the language revival we have a lot of people reviving language now. I'm a hand poke artist yes. Hand poke artist so I I did see that yesterday afternoon where I think Sarah she had
3: almost like a, a like a pen-like instrument with tape and just a needle at the end. Yes,
2: that's what I do as well.
3: Wow. Yeah.
2: Do you work...
3: In your homeland, do you have appointments, or how does that sort of work? Um,
2: at home, I actually have three jobs at home, and tattooing is not one of them. <laughs> um, I um, work for at a hospital, and I'm also um, a professor at the university near me, and then I work for my tribe as a tribal archaeologist. Yeah, and so tattooing for me is um, its more of a cultural art where... Um, you know traditionally we had um people that tattooed us from our tribes but we don't have any traditional practitioners to do our face markings um so uh, i just graduated from um with my masters last year and so part of my project was um uh, reclaiming our stories and having our stories told by ourselves instead of by an anthropologist or some non-native person. Um, and so part of that process was to empower our women to um, reclaim the art of tattooing. So we had, um, I worked with another indigenous artist in California and um, he opened his shop for us to come and learn how to hand poke. So six of us came and learned how to hand poke so that we can, bring that back to our community so we can tattoo um, our community members ourselves so usually my tattooing is just strictly um, cultural tattoos when somebody is asking to have their chin poked or you know have some medicine markings put on them. Wow fantastic thank you very much for that Heidi so we're here at Whareiroa and you're about to get some uh, work done this morning. Yes this morning some medicine markings on my hand so yeah.
3: You know, misconceptions about um, Indigenous people, whether they're from your tribal homelands, from California, and mass media, what are some misconceptions that people get wrong? You mentioned that, you know, non-Indigenous people are telling your stories, anthropologists.
2: Well, the common misconception is Californ- in California is that there's no California Indians left um, because we did have two huge um, genocides in California. Um, so most people coming up through... Um, Um, elementary school and then middle school and high school they they're taught that there's no indians left and so um that's the big misconception but the other misconception is um that you know they all you know call us dirty indians or digger indians because we we ate a lot of roots and things and um, we used a lot of those roots to make basketry and so they called us digger indians Mm. (laughs) and so some of the um the terminology, um, they just don't understand, they didn't understand our practices and so for us as Native people to correct those misconceptions and have the story told by us is something that's really important. Mm.
3: Kia ora, tēnē Heidi Lucero, a descendant from the Mutsun Aloni and Ahasiaman tribes from the state of California. Like many other tamako artists, before they carved into the skin, so to speak, they began in the carving room on native wood. Daniel Ormsby is an artist and has a number of disciplines as part of his repertoire, painting, multimedia, tamako and carving.
0: I'm from Maniapoto, Otorahonga, and I reside in Waitomo. I'm a multi-disciplined artist, so I do tamuku. For and painting, printing, teaching. But right now you are. Um, I'm carving at the moment <laughs> because I couldn't finish a job before I came here. Oh, this one's a wahika. It's a type of patu. And the boy that this is for is. Um, it's a 21st present, and or oh, he's someone really close to me. He's like a nephew. Um, he's he's done really well in his life at this point. Teenager finding his way. He's a New South Wales champ for mixed martial arts at the moment, so I'm proud as of him, and and so I chose to do this as it's fitting. It's made from the proper arco, black maire, so I just wanted that to be authentic for him. So that's why I've chosen to do this. Um, do
3: you carve whare buildings? Or? I've
0: been involved in whare. Uh, I try not to take on the big jobs because I've got these other roles. Um trying to juggle all these disciplines, it's a bit too much and when you're doing mukul, you've got to be able to have energy to give to your client, you don't want to get a 50% because I used to um, go into the mukul room covered in wood chips trying to battle both but it's, um, there's demand, where I am there's not many of us so there's, there's demand for all those jobs and we don't want those carving jobs going into other areas because that, we're losing our mana as money By having to have other people do that.
3: Yeah. So it must be a hard juggling act, though, because are you dedicated equally with all your disciplines, or is it some you have to actually let fall to the way, not fall to the wayside, but be less committed to, or how does that work?
0: You have to make a make a choice where you're going to put which basket am I putting my eggs in, Mm. Um, and at this point in time, it's uh, moko.
3: So moko um, in your rohe, is there a resurgence, are there morangatahi getting moko, how is that?
0: We're always busy, uh, there's myself and um, a good friend Mitchell Hughes, but, um, so we're, we're the main moko ones. There's other ones doing it but we've had the whakaira background so we have, we have knowledge of uh, history, karake, whakapapa, everyone knows us, we're related to everyone so... Yeah, so we get slammed. There's other ones, younger ones doing it, but they, they haven't had that experience yeah.
3: yet. Did you have a mentor, a solid mentor, whether it was a carver that, that taught you?
0: On the tikanga side, and well, I've got a lot to learn on all those aspects, but, but I had really good mentors through for um, That's what gives me my, I suppose, authenticity. Paki Harrison, Kiriti oh, oh, Tangata. Yes, yeah, so it came through Te Wāranga, Aotearoa, and we were in the first degree intake, so that just those we just had a lot of those those names who who shared. Muko, um, she learned from. I started when I was 15, so I, I took the long route there. But I've had um, my main one is um, Tutanga Tuheke, who's from Maniapoto too, and he's in Sydney, and he was a big just big confidence builder. And I I met Turumakina through him and. Uh, just gives you confidence being with these guys
3: Obviously this is a very relaxed environment The morn is just over there Whare rua marae Are you, How have you found the week at this wānanga? Well,
0: it's gone too fast um, Talking today about being I'm normally homesick when I go away But um, I'll say I'm wānanga sick Because because <laughs> I know that I'm um, already talking about Sunday And having to say goodbye to everyone So I'm not looking forward to that But that's, uh, when I'm here with my daughter Nice. So just seeing her blossom with everyone, so, and she feels the same way, it's, it's going way too fast.
3: Daniel Ormsby, Potō. Back to our conversation with Julie palmer Pingali. Here she talks about hosting Indigenous artists, but also creating their own space within a large-scale tattoo event.
1: The secondary cope um, of going to a tattoo extravaganza is to represent as Indigenous people and and um, support each other in what is a mainstream environment, which is a tattoo, which is quite you know it's quite polar opposite to how we practice. But uh, it's important to always talk to mainstream and educate them as to what is what is real in terms of our culture. So. Um, we go to the festival as an Indigenous space and we represent all together and we support everyone going to that festival, you know, because it's a foreign environment and it's it's quite foreign to a lot of these artists. And um, And it also, I think, sends a message about authenticity and, you know, people are fascinated by our things, but when they see it in the real context of how it is produced and the meaning and the spiritual and the cultural importance to us and our whole um, histories, you know, they can maybe seek authenticity mm. instead of seeking to replicate and commercialise and copy um, what belongs to our culture.
3: Finua mm. land, earth... Yeah. All the resources that Tanga, that sense of of, of self-sustainability there's got to be obviously those common connections with everyone
1: absolutely that's um, that's what we're here for we're not actually here to tattoo <laughs> you know that in, yeah. in all truth it's it's a culturally embedded practice so we're here. To explore each other's culture and respect each other. Yeah, I just want to talk about lastly, Ngauri or Mutsurangi. Ngauri or Muturangi, I forgot to talk about that. So, Ngauri or Muturangi is our whakapapa as Ma tātua, but it acknowledges, um, they call it Fe'e um, in um, Tahiti, the octopus of um, kupe and that octopus of Kūpe, its tentacles, went out from Raiatea to all of Polynesia. So Ngā Uri o explores our whakapapa relationship, primarily to Tahiti. We see them as tuakana, and then all of our voyaging right throughout Moananui, um, Nui Akiwa and also the Pacific Rim, Oceania and Asia. So it's, it for us that represents our whakapapa. And, um, I just have to acknowledge that this is all facilitated by Tutuhi Marekura Trust, which is a trustee of um, local artists who are also quite powerful artists in there, right Tracy Tafio, Kiri Anamatayapa, Linda Munn. Um, we're upholding that kaupapa for Ma Tatua. So, yeah, so that's the name, o Muturangi.
3: Hemihia kia koe e Julie Palmer, no, terangi, ngai tu he mihi a no kia koe Heidi Lucero and Daniel Ormsby. Thanks for joining this week's show. For more information or if you'd like to catch up on previous episodes of Te Ahi Kā, you can of course subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify or where you access good podcasts. As the country headed into lockdown or level four earlier this week, I hope that you are all keeping well maha. For more stories relating to te Māori, head to rnz.co.nz or you can scope out the social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, just search RNZ te Māori. Join Te next Sunday, ko Justin Mariaho. ahau, tēnā katoa.